Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Chingona. My name is Leah. So, full disclosure, this episode was recorded in May of 2019, so some of the content is not up to date. But I decided that the women we talk about in this episode still deserve to be recognized for all the good they are doing in this world. I'll give an update on everyone at the end of the episode, but for now, just pretend it's 2019, Memorial Day weekend, and there isn't a pandemic ruining our lives. Welcome to another episode of the Chingona podcast, a podcast about women and femmes and queers and non-gender conforming people who inspire with their heart and their hustle. Today I am here with a special guest, my very good friend, Jose. Leah, it is such an honor to be the first cisgendered male here. Oh, I know. That's right. You are the first one. Welcome. <laughs> this is a safe space for you. Hi, listeners. Um, and so I met Jose in college through our student newspaper, much like most of my friends. <laughs> I didn't have friends before the newspaper. Um, and so for today's episode, we are going to give out chingona awards like we do for the final episode of every season and these are just people that are doing good things in the community that we haven't had a chance to interview people that we think are awesome that we want to highlight and think that you should follow them know who they are and all that good stuff great so let's get on it leah like uh who's your person so i have three people for you today Ooh. So the first one is, her name is Olivia Amora. I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Her last name spelled O-M-U-R-A. I first started following her on Instagram for, she had like a makeup account. She's Mm -hmm. like um, a a makeup enthusiast, I would say. I don't know that she calls herself a makeup artist, but she has like really colorful, bright eye looks that I really enjoyed. And then... Like a few years after that, I would say maybe like a year ago, she started like a a separate Instagram highlighting her road to recovery from an eating disorder and a mental health disorder. And um, that kind of really spoke to me because I don't know, I never really had an eating disorder, but I always kind of had body issues and Mm -hmm. I do have like mental health issues. And so she speaks really honestly on her Instagram about like her situation with that and being 100% body positive and body inclusive because I feel like right now people are body positive to a point. It's like, yeah, you can be fat to a point. Like if you're still proportional, if you still like look good, but if you're like not proportional, if you're just like too fat, like it's not, you need to work at it. And it's not like, that's not being body positive. That's not being body inclusive. Um, That's actually putting more, that's actually setting the body positive community back having that mentality and Olivia and her recovery Instagram is 
being very honest about like I have stretch marks and I'm not proportional and this is my body and I love it and you can go fuck yourself if you don't and mm-hmm. whatever like this is actual actually being fat positive and actually being inclusive and I just think she's really awesome and what what other ways would you say that her social media presence like makes her stand out from any other people who usually like uh, post about the about something similar she I guess her posts are just really real. Like, they're not, like, filtered, and they're kind of maybe, like, the photos are, like, not of the, like, quote-unquote Instagram model caliber, but it's just, like, she's just a real person, and she's super honest about her struggles, and I I think it's really refreshing because even, I follow a lot of plus-size models on Instagram, and they are models, so it's, like... They have this like certain image that they portray even as plus size models. And she's just like a regular person that's trying to do the best she can for the fat community or the plus size community. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's also, also multiracial. I think she's Japanese and Czech, if oh, I'm wow. not mistaken. She has like little flags on her Instagram that I'm like, okay, she's Japanese and think this is a check flag <laughs> I, go- I googled it and i'm pretty sure it's a check flag so yeah i i really like her and also so her instagram for recovery is at recovery dot and her instagram for makeup is at janus dot eyes i think that's how you say it janus janus j-a-n-u-s dot eyes um and i just think they're really great accounts to follow if you're into makeup and also into just seeing a regular person spreading self-love. Awesome, awesome. Um, do you mind if I go next? Yeah, absolutely. Great. So this next individual, uh, so this other individual I want to talk about is Christina Garza um, for Chinguana Innovator. Okay. Tell me about her. Okay, cool. So she works with the, do we like to say the name of the city she's in or... If you want to, you can. So she works with the City of Mission as their programs director with their Economic Development Corporation. So she oversees several programs that actually support small businesses. Like she's overseeing the well, the Ruby the Ruby Red Ventures program, which uh, which gives out like grants and awards money to local small businesses that again they're locally owned and most of them are female owned some of them have even been like owned by minorities and also lgbt people so it's cool that this organization that she's overseeing is highlighting these people and so i first met her when she first came in to the city that was like literally around the same time i joined the paper so my one of her first stories was profiling her and one of the things she implemented was actually a um was a uh, grocery code program for, you know, for female coders. She explained to me a lot about how um, statistics show that a lot of women, they want to get into the coding community, but since it's so male-dominated, and, Mm -hmm. well, we all know how creepy things can get when there's so many males there. Right. So Toxic masculinity. Yeah, so so with with these kinds of programs, it, it creates, like, this healthy environment for women who want to get into this, into this line of work to actually, like, flourish there so i think it's like pretty cool that you know that that this is happening here at home by someone who's from the area and yeah so way to be a badass christina and so just also i'm back in texas 
<laughs> and so when we say welcome here, back <laughs> <laughs> when we say here at home we mean back in south texas the real grandy valley where i'm from where i'm where this christina mm-hmm. is from also and it's just to give you a little bit of insight if you don't know a lot about the valley it's a mostly hispanic community we're right along the border of mexico we're like literally 10 minutes away from mexico yeah. right now so but this area is also historically a very one of the most low income communities in the country and i would say 10 years ago 10 5 years ago you wouldn't have seen Programs like Ruby Red Ventures and Women in Power trying to do things for the community to help it grow, to help it get recognition like what Cristina is doing. And I just think that's really great because she's a Latina. We want to support our women of color and women in power. Leah, who else uh, do you want to talk about today? Um, so my second person, I don't, so I don't know her name because she keeps her, um, social media life pretty private, like her personal life, but I follow her art page and the art page is exotic.cancer and she is from, she's a woman from Australia. I would say she's a 20 something year old, um, and she's a sex worker or she calls herself a stripper, mm-hmm. um, but I guess the overall general term is sex worker. She's comfortable with using stripper, so if I use stripper, it's only because she has that in her Instagram account and she's comfortable with it, so I'm assuming that I'm okay to use that term to call her that. Um, but she's also an artist, and her work on Instagram talk it features her, like the life, the honest truths about being a stripper, like dancing on your period and the types of ridiculous men that come through the doors and the things that they say and the cheesy lines and like just the daily struggles of what it's like to be a dancer which i think is great because that's not really like a part of the like feminism movement that gets a lot of highlight you also don't see like um you also don't see a lot of focus in that in the first place right yeah And um, she's super, she's like a pro-sex work activist and her, like many other sex worker stance is like sex work is work. It's not their life, it's their job and it's just as respectable and reputable as any other job even though it's been historically shat on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mentioned earlier how like you usually like, you know, when we talk about like women's right to fe- and feminism that like, this type of line of work, um, it's usually not included in that. Okay. So why do you think we need to start including this when we talk about feminism? Because feminism, a big part of feminism is that women have the right to do what they want with their own bodies, made whatever that may be, if they want to be a sex worker and exchange sex for money, or if they want to be a dancer, if they want to work an office job, if they wear what they want, do what they want, it's their own right, and they shouldn't be policed for that. And mm-hmm. I think that the sex work portion is not for a lot of women is not seen as something that's reputable or something that's not quote unquote right because it's like they're selling their bodies and it's not the right thing to do but it's like you know what if it's their choice if 
they're making that choice solely for them and there's not somebody that's forcing them to do it if they're not being enslaved in any single in any way then i think they should have the freedom to do that and i think that's a big part of why like sex work is not always included in the feminist movement which makes it not really a feminist movement then if it's not included and for people who want to see this artwork, uh, where uh, like, what's the page for them to follow? So she is at exotic.cancer. And then she also has a backup page that I can probably link in the show notes because I don't have it here. And she's also really good about being size inclusive in her artwork. Awesome. Um, because I feel like when people think exotic dancer or stripper that they think... It's just like the typical blonde hair, thin woman, blue eyes, and whatever. But she, her artwork really shows the variety of women that can and probably are sex workers and dancers. And I, I think that's really cool too because, you know, we're all, we're all, what is the word I'm thinking of? We're all um, <laughs> positive, inclusive, <laughs> yeah. inclusive. We're all being showcased. <laughs> We're all being showcased and some of us are just better at it than others. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of your body type or your size, some people just are good at other things and that's totally fine. Um, and then she's currently fight, trying to fight, um, fighting the good fight of Instagram censorship, which is the thing that has been going on for a long time, which is the whole like free the nipple movement and i guess instagram has this shadow banning thing have you heard about that um it sounds familiar but please explain so shadow banning is when um like your hashtags don't show up in the general feed or your photos your photos with certain hashtags don't show up in like the explore page or if you search a certain hashtag it only shows up for the people that follow your account so it's still being shown to your followers, but it's not but allowing it is, you. But it's pretty much, it sounds kind of like, um, uh, what's the word I want to use? It sounds kind of like minor censorship. Yeah, yeah, that's basically it. And the exotic cancer pays, because her artwork is kind of racy and sexual, and it deals with like sex workers and what they do, and she draws their bodies and parts and whatever and so some of that work is being censored so you can also um donate to her patreon which you can find on her instagram page i don't have the patreon here with me but again i can link that in the show notes um try she's trying to battle the shadow banning and instagram censorship because it's again bullshit that like certain instagrams that are popular are allowed to show certain things but other instagrams aren't Keep fighting that good fight. We here at Chingona will support you no matter what. Yeah, 100%. And then also just like another cool fact that I like about her is that she's a cat lady. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And she also uses her boyfriend's feet to model. So like her boyfriend will get in like stilettos, like high ass stilettos. And she'll use his feet to model and like draw them and... Uh, like a cool thing about her artwork is that like all the the characters that she draws like they have body hair and they show like cellulite and imperfections because that's just how the human body is like the human body has body hair and so 
um, is really cool. She's really great. She sells her art on her Patreon, and it's usually only available for a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely follow her if you can, if you like art, if you like supporting women in business and sex workers and all that jazz, go follow exotic.cancer. I just want to go back really quickly to her boyfriend. So he actually models for her? Yeah, we don't see... We've never seen... I don't know what she looks like. But like, like. just like the feet and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Guys, especially if you're cisgendered, that is a true ally, okay? So... (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, Do you mind if I go next? Go on. So the next person I want to talk about is another local. Um, I'm writing this, Chingona Entertainer of the Year. And this person is Tanya Saracho. She's a McAllen native, and she's a playwright. Like, she, um, well, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't, like, seen what, I haven't seen her plays, but I'm talking to her, I'm talking about her because of her TV show that's airing on the Stars Network, Vida. Um, right now, it's in its second season. All of the episodes have dropped on the Stars app, so get on that. Um, Stars, I mean, Vida. Stars the Yeah, Stars the Network. Yeah. The Network? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. It's big time. Yeah, um, she in the past she's worked at um, should I, I looked it up? She's worked at um, TV shows like Looking. So she's worked on TV before, and it, with Vita, um, what she's done is she created the the show about these two sisters who go back home for her mom's funeral and to pick up her mom's family business, a bar, and it, when they go to the funeral, they meet their mom's wife, who surprised was in the closet and had a wife. This, of course, pisses off the older sister, whose name I can't remember, because she left home because her mom kicked her out of the house for being lesbian. So she's mad that, like, her mom died without letting her, without telling her queer daughter that she, too, was queer. So the show goes into a lot of, like, gentrification, something I haven't heard of until this show, where it's basically about, like... Well, we're familiar with gentrification, right? right? But, like, gentrification is, like, minorities actually helping, like, uh, with actually, like, allo- allowing, like, these white businesses to take over and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of discussion. Like, a lot of the dialogue is, like, it is actually, like, half the dialogue is in Pocho. That, oh, that's what nice. it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, so it's really cool. Like, we see the older sister. She's, like, now that she's back home and she's trying to, like, pick up business at her mom's bar and she's, like... Finally, she finally feels free to be queer at home. And it, there's, like, lots of scenes where her, her sister, and her new mom-in-law are trying to, like, fix up the bar. It's, like, really, it's a really wonderful show. And it, it's one of the few shows on television that has an all-Latino cast, unfortunately. And when season sure. one came out, it was actually the only show with an all-female Latinx writer's room. And unfortunately, we're in season two, and it's still the same thing. So with season two, like, this is going to be another plug, but, like, in an interview that she gave out with the Keep It podcast, Tanya talked about how she's talking about, um, about you know, what it means to be, like, Latinx enough or Hispanic enough and, mm-hmm. like, colorism and issues like that. Mm-hmm. So it looks so it looks like another great season. Like, the episodes just dropped. And if you're queer like me, then you're familiar with Raul Castillo. He's this other McAllen native. He's in season two, so there, there's some eye candy for, for you guys if you're interested. <laughs> so, yeah. If nothing else, the eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's backtrack a bit. Mm-hmm. This is, is she part of that show, Hentified, that's going to be on Netflix? I am not familiar with that. I don't think I've heard of that. Oh, okay. So, 
The only reason I know about that show is because one of the girls that I follow, women that I follow on Instagram, Julissa, who used to be on BuzzFeed's Better Like, which is their mm. Latinx channel. I miss that channel. I know. It's a great channel. And I loved her. And I'm so sad that she left Better Like. But she's been working on this new Netflix show called Hentified. And I had never heard about that until you just explained it right now. So it is people of color or Latinx people helping they like enable this they like enable the the gentrification to happen why i mean not that okay so like we learned if you listen back to our jesus year things episode with gabrielle bryant um a little bit about what gentrification is and that it's not always a bad thing but it's kind of right now given this bad name because it usually means kicking out minorities in communities because they can no longer afford the rent, they can no longer afford to live in these places that they've lived for a long time. But it is trying to better the community economically, but it's just not supporting the people, normally minorities, that have lived there for a really long time. And that's uh, sometimes like gentrification. Like it can be that like those people who make that decision to sell the businesses, like they're also people of color from that place. Oh. So that's what leads to the gentrification. Like you know, they're the gente, but. Yeah. They're the ones that are like causing this. And that's actually like a huge plot point in season one, but it, you know, I'm not going to say too much about <laughs> what happens because you should see the show. It's amazing. Like, uh, season one and two, it's like 14 episodes combined, and each episode is under half an hour. You can knock it out within an afternoon, honestly. So it's on, the, it's on Stars? Mm hmm. Stars have a streaming service? Yes, they do, actually. Oh, like, I. Look I. At that. I usually I watch TV live, but now that I know that all of the season two episodes have dropped, I made myself I actually downloaded that app to just to see the season two episodes. I might have to do that too. That sounds super interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm into it. Great. So Leah, uh, who is your next chingona person of the year? So this last person I researched very loosely just because I wanted to do a quick shout, but it's Lizzo. Ooh, yes. <laughs> um, and Lizzo is an uh, a hip hop, pop, R and B rapper. She's a badass artist who is on the rise. I first heard about her, I think, earlier this year, maybe toward the end of last year, because I've heard her song "Juice," which I fell in love with because it's a fat girl anthem body body positive anthem but lizzo is a black woman a plus size black woman that just preaches her truth about being black being a woman being plus size and she writes music about race and sexuality and self-love and i just like she's really honest and she's really great, and she's fun, and I just love her her whole persona. And she was what magazine was she um, the cover of earlier this year? Because I think it was like uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Who, I don't know either. But like, if I remember correctly, she was like the first plus size uh, woman of color to actually be on the cover of that magazine. So, uh, whichever magazine that was, why <laughs> didn't you do it sooner? Hold on, let's <laughs> let's Google that really quickly. The cut? Is that the one? Um, is she wearing like this really bubbly like tutu dress? Oh, the no. Hold on. V magazine? Is it V? Is she wearing an orange thing? I don't know. No, not that one. That's not the one I'm thinking of. 
Um, Fuck, I don't know. Uh, girl, you're in multiple magazine covers now, so obviously <laughs> you're doing something right. Way to go, Lizzo. <laughs> um, and then I think my favorite fact about her is that she employs exclusively plus-size backup dancers. Wow. Which is just so great to see that, like... I don't know. I like to dance. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm not a professional dancer by any means. But it's just so great to see, like, women who look like me performing on SNL alongside Lizzo. Mm-hmm. I just think that's awesome. Lizzo, Lizzo, I'm plus size if you need anyone. Just saying. <laughs> if you need any more dancers. Same. <laughs> and then also she plays the flute. Yes. <laughs> Which, like, so I'm a band nerd. I was in band in high school. I was in the drumline. Shout out to all drumlines out there. And I loved band. And I love that she plays the flute. Because, like, Lizzo and Beyonce are single-handedly making Mark June Band cool again. (laughs) (laughs) Suck it, Ron Burgundy. (laughs) Um, And she, like, incorporates her flute in rap, which is definitely not something you see, like, male rap artists do. It is not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, again, she's creative as fuck, and it looks like a lot of these people that we talked about, like, you know, they use their creativity to, like, make themselves stand out. Yeah, definitely. And, like, they break the mold. They're plus size and they're body positive and they're sex work positive and feminism to the max and that's just what we're trying to promote here at chingona so that wraps things up today for the chingona awards these are um imaginary awards we don't have actual like solid structures but maybe someday lizzo <laughs> tanya christina um who were the who were there olivia Olivia exotic.cancer Olivia and exotic.cancer if you listen to this like the award is a warm feeling inside that people talked about you (laughs) I'm sorry but we don't have anything physical to give so your so your award is the knowledge that people love you (laughs) quick update in order of appearance Olivia's Instagram is no longer at recoverydammit. Her Instagram is now at small.fat. That's at S-M-O-L dot F-A-T. She's still body posy, and she's currently using her platform to fight for the Black Lives Matter movement. Cristina Garza is now the executive director of a nonprofit in Austin that assists low-income families, so I'm sure she's doing great things there, too. Exotic.cancer is still making art and still promoting sex work positive spaces. Her Instagram handle is the same too. The show Vida by Tanya Saracho was unfortunately canceled after three seasons, but all three seasons are still streaming on Stars. Tanya is working on developing a new show called Brujas now, so be on the lookout for that. Also, season one of Hentified dropped on Netflix earlier this year, so go check that out as well. And support brown art. And lastly, Well, I don't really think I need to update y'all on Lizzo. She's still killing it. And that's it. That wraps up season three of Chingona. Thank you for supporting the podcast, whether you are downloading or sharing posts, talking about it. Thank you for everything. I'd also like to give a special shout out to the listeners in Sweden, Ireland, and Mexico. 
because whoever you are, you're among the top listeners, which I find really cool. So thank you. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Chinguana Podcast. Email is chinguanapodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to my uncle Raul Garza Jr. for writing and performing the theme music and special thanks to Jose for joining me for this episode. If you or someone you know would like to be featured on the podcast, please give me a shout. I would love to tell your story. I don't know when season four will drop, but maybe keep a lookout for some bonus content between now and then. Thanks again for listening and I'll talk to y'all soon.